This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week, you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday wherever you get your podcasts and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Leicester Till I Die podcasts on the Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor, and all podcast platforms. You are watching Leicester Till I Die TV with Chris and Chumps. YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. All you need for everything Leicester City FC. It's Leicester Till I Die TV. Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. Jerry Taggart here. Now be sure to watch Chris and Lester Till I Die TV by subscribing on YouTube and following them on social media for all the latest Leicester City news and information. Come on you foxes! 
Good evening, fellow Fox fans. How the devil are we? It's Friday night, and that can only mean one thing. Um, I think it's the Opposition View show. <laughs> We've got so many games, so many shows. You know, if it's Tuesday, it must be Belgium sort of thing at the moment. <laughs> Good evening. How are you? We are back with league action this weekend. Uh, a small matter of a short journey across the Midlands, and we've got to play this lot. It is Leicester against Villa, and you are watching Leicester Till I Die TV. Watch us live on YouTube at Leicester Till I Die TV. Give us a subscribe. Facebook is Leicester Till I Die, the group, and Twitter stroke Periscope is at Leicester TID. And if you want to listen to this on catch up about half an hour after the show finishes you can catch us on your favorite podcast platform as lester till i die with apple itunes spotify anchor and google to name but four and like i say if you are watching on youtube please press that subscribe button and give us a follow europe's been and gone we are back, like I say, with um, a Premier League action this weekend. And I want to welcome in our guest this evening. He's got to be fine. He's got to be good. He's called Chris, after all. From the Villa Together podcast, we're going to welcome Chris. Good evening, Chris. Good evening, Chris. How are you doing? Not so bad. Not so bad. Fine man with a name like that. What can I say? All good. All good. <laughs> Hey, you've, you've, you've got a knack here of um, scoring late goals against us. Well, yeah, obviously the um, the late goal last season in the Carabao mm. Cup and then the late goal this season yeah. um, yes. at your place uh, from Ross Barkley in the league. So I'd like to say long may it continue, but I'd rather score an earlier goal, take the, <laughs> you know, the, the stretches off where it gets to the end of the game and I'm, I'm disappointed that we haven't won. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, with our history as well, because, of course, we got one against Brighton in the 94th minute. This could be nil-nil up until about 92 minutes and then end up 2 all. Well, exactly. You never know. I mean, yeah. it, would, it would be good. It would make for an interesting game, wouldn't it? Which, which is nice. But, obviously, you want we never get it. But as football fans, we always want a nice, comfortable game that's entertaining at the same time for us, for the right reasons. But we'll see. It is. Do you see this as, and I mean, there's not many sort of um, Midlands clubs in there at the moment, in the Premier League at the moment. Do you see this as a sort of uh, derby at all, or is it just, well, it, we just happen to be in the Midlands with you? Yeah, I wouldn't class it as a derby. Um, I mean, for us, obviously, it's, you know, Birmingham's the main one because <clears throat> mm -hmm. obviously two clubs from Birmingham. Yeah. Um, but I think Wolves. Wolves probably isn't a derby, but it's more of a derby than Leicester, uh, you know, Villa Leicester. Same for West Brom as well. Um, you know, so if we played West Brom, again, that's a bit more of a derby. Um, I think for me personally, I see Wolves and West Brom as, as you know, more of a derby um, than, than some of the other games because where I live, there's a lot of Wolves fans, a lot of West Brom fans. Um, but it's certainly, it's a rivalry with West Brom and Wolves. I think with Leicester, it's, Probably a bit of a rivalry there, just just because it's you know as it has been over the years, we've played a lot of each other. Um, but in terms of local rivalry, it's just two Midlands clubs, really. Yeah, you must be so happy with your season this season. I mean, it's almost Leicester esque, isn't it? Going from just surviving to having a pretty decent season and 
I mean, unless you absolutely implode, you should be safe. Yeah, exactly. I think the implosion would have to be ridiculous. Uh, yeah, as you're saying there, eighth. So last season we finished on 35 points. Obviously, we, we, we bettered that with 16, 16 games to go. I yeah. think. I think if I'm honest, I mean, you, you look at the guys in the bottom. Um, th- there's potential that the, the points to stay up could be lower than it was last season. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, it, it has been. It has been good. I think that there probably is a bit of frustration. Uh, maybe disappointment in terms of that. Some, you know, we, we, we obviously we beat you guys earlier in the season. We've done the double over Arsenal. We smashed Liverpool. We, we've had a few a few decent results along the way. Um, but then there, there has been games, and no disrespect to these teams. You know, we, we've lost against Southampton, lost against West Ham, got battered by Leeds. Um, and it's just kind of trying to find that balance. You know, if one week you go and completely outplay Arsenal, completely outplay Liverpool. But then lose to Southampton. It's kind of one of them. It's a it's a bit odd, and you kind of think when you look at the fixtures. You know, I I kind of do this. I think a lot of fans do it as well. You'll look at the fixtures and you'll look to see where you're going to get the points from. Yeah. And you kind of those games against you know Liverpool, or Arsenal, you know Leicester as well, possibly Manchester United, Man City. You'll look at that and think, not sure about that one. Be great to get a point. Three points would be fantastic. Then you look at you know the Southamptons, West Ham's, and teams like that. And you kind of that's where you would expect to get your points from. So it's been a bit of frustration that sometimes the games, Brighton as well, we lost against Brighton mm. at home, drew against them at the weekend. You know, Burnley, we've only got a point against Burnley out of two games this season. So there's that frustration there that even though we're eighth in the league, we've got two games in hand as well. I think we're, we're four yeah. points, four points behind Liverpool. Um, but that we, yeah, four points behind Liverpool, who are sixth. Yeah. Um, you know what? I think we're what ten points behind Manchester United and Leicester, with mm. two games in hand. So you know we 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 could kind of win in a couple of games on the bounce, a couple of games in hand could get there. Um, so there's that frustration. But you know you, if you take a step back and you look at it in perspective, we stayed up on the last day last season um, mm. by by one point. And I think you know majority of Villa fans realistically the kind of the reach the top for us this season that people would have expected or people that would have been predicting would have been you know maybe 10th place yeah you know so to be in eighth at the moment and to have you know we've kind of come through January not particularly playing too well and we're still around eighth we're still in you know touching distance of the top six there is that that feeling that really when you take a look back and think aside from the few Side of some of the results that that maybe have gone, you know, that where we've not performed this season where you, you would have expected to. Aside from that, you take a look back this season. Realistically, I think for me, anything better than seventeenth would have been great. So to yeah. be eighth, eighth at the moment, as you say, delighted as a Villa fan. It's very much a consolidation year for you, isn't it? You know, it's. Uh, uh, you say good evening to Stephen Collins. Uh, he wants to know if you're any relation to Doug at all. Years ago, um, I used to I used to refer to him as Uncle Doug. Um, <laughs> I've, I've, I've never I've never met him, um, nope. and as, as far as I'm aware, we're not related. But years ago, I used to say um, to you know to people at school, "Oh yeah, Doug Ellis, yeah, yeah Uncle, Uncle Doug, Uncle Doug." But now, nah, no relation. But mm. funny enough, um, back back in the day, um, two of the first Villa kits I had that I had printed, mm. I had Dwight York on the back, I had Mark Bosnich on the back. Within six to 12 months, both of them left the club. 
<laughs> so I kind of typical. I was, I was. It was a case of right. Okay, I'm not going to get my shirt printed again because mm. that happened. So my mum said, "We'll get your name on the back of it." So I was like, okay, that's fine. So I had Villa Top with Ellis Nine on the back. Great. Yeah. And uh, I remember I went to Villa Park, and this must have been late '90s, possibly early 2000s. And this was around the time when people were disgruntled with the ownership, and they wanted mm. the chairman out. And I remember walking. Um, I think I was walking from. Uh, past the Trinity towards the, the North Stand and there was a, a, a congregation of disgruntled Villa fans that all, all had signs um, that were, were to, to get the chairman out and yeah. I, obviously I had this top on with my surname on the back thinking bloody hell they want Ellis out and I'm just about to walk past them so <laughs> you know I had to make sure my dad stood by me or something so yes. I, was like, I, I, I couldn't win with getting shirts printed so <laughs> and then, don't do it anymore well, the, the last time I did it was um, I got my my youngest son. Um, I bought him his first Villa top last year, right. and so I, I said oh, I'll get the same as you. So we both got the same, and I said, "Who's your favourite player?" And being a young Villa fan, his favourite player is Jack Grealish. So we got exactly we got exactly the same top, obviously different sizes. Yeah, both with Jack, <laughs> both with both with Jack Grealish on the back. But then it came to the point when I thought, "God, we're going down if we get relegated." Jack Grealish is gone, so the curse yeah. of the shirt. <laughs> was going to come around again, but no. Look, luckily, uh, he's still with us. Do, do, do the club sort of ring you at the start of the season and ask you who you're going to have on the back, so they know who who might they might have to sell during the season? They should. They should do. I, I remember we were um, when we were in there looking at what shirts to get. They've got um, a sign on the front of the desk that says in the club shop yeah. that says what what player, what number, and you kind of mm. at the start of each season they're in a bit of limbo as to not only what player is going to be there, but what numbers they're going to wear. And even the players that are there now who possibly aren't going to leave, whether their number is going to change. Yeah. So there was a lot of people there who were kind of like, you know, is Jack going to stay? If he stays, is he going to still be yeah. number 10? And there's a lot of stuff like that. So, but yeah, um, I don't think I'll do it again just because, you know, it's the stress, the stresses of having a top that, you know, with a player on that, that might break my heart or my son's heart or something. So I'll, I'll leave you it in the future. You don't need the extra stress, do you? No. I mean, Talking of Doug Ellis, I mean, he is, you can't sort of think about Villa. And and I, I guess I, I know a bit about Villa, you know, I mean, we, we, we're sort of tied in with the history. I mean, we know we've got the Brian Little situation when he left us, said he wasn't going to leave us and then came to you, which I kind of <coughs> got because he was, that was his club. Um, yeah. Julian Jochin went to you, obviously, we, you know, followed Brian there. But you can't think of... Villa without thinking of Doug Ellis for those of us of a certain age how is he remembered by the fans I think fondly by by most to be honest because even though I say towards the end of his his reign um there was always question marks about you know Doug Ellis digging his hands in his pockets and and kind mm. of you know, co- coughing up for for big signings and stuff like that, and there were there were a few, in all fairness. But I think a lot of people mainly think back to to what he did in his early days and and the impact it had in kind of saving the club and and the investments he made then. Um, and in all fairness, you know, even after he he left the club, he left his role as chairman and he, he came and he was he was I think the position was president emeritus or something mm. and he, he used to come to he was there every week at villa park um and obviously towards the end of his uh you know of, of his of his life he, yeah. he was coming he was coming despite being so frail um so i think people kind of remember that as well they remember do you know what he was a villa fan and yeah. he loved the club and he came no matter what 
Um, so, so we remember that. Um, to be honest, obviously, there's you know, there's no hatred towards him. I, I think, in no. all fairness, it's just that there are those memories when you think, oh, you know, what could have been, you know, if Doug Ellis did do what he could have done, yeah, then maybe. But at the end of the day, at least he ran us fairly well, and you kind of thought at the time when he sold the club to Randy Lerner, it seemed like it had gone to the right people. But at least we've got the right owners now, so all is well. It all, um, it's a different different type of owner now isn't it that uh, uh runs the club i always think of dog ellis is like the, the old the old style owner you know like you say a, a fan that he's lived locally he's had local businesses and he's come yeah. up and now it's it, it, it's diff, different times now isn't it different times yeah I, I think what's changed is what you know years ago you could millionaire it was a millionaire's game wasn't it millionaires could own mm. a football club and could run a football club yeah. realistically now it has to especially at the top of the game you know certainly the premier league you know, probably the championship as well. You, you've got to be a billionaire yeah. owner to, to to do it. So it's certainly yeah. changed changed that you know that side of things. Exactly. Well, looking forward, we've got the match on Sunday. Yep. Um, it's at Villa Park, two o'clock on Sky Sports. If you have that platform, or you can listen to it free on LCFC Radio. Um, injuries. What what are you like? I mean, we've we've got a few injuries at the back, and I'm just I was just looking here. Earlier, um, Matty Cash is, I believe, might be out, but El Mahandi might be back. Yeah, so obviously last season, um, mm. right back was wasn't a major issue, but there it, there was a lot of changing. So, so start of last season, we brought in Frederick Gilbert um, from uh, from France, and he had a had an okay season. Um, obviously, El Mohamedi was there anyway, and and they kind of went between the two of them. El Mohamedi got us up; he's trustworthy, um, but he doesn't really excel at, at anything. In all fairness, yeah. um, May Cash came in. I think there's a few eyebrows raised because you know coming from a championship, and it was a decent amount of money. But he's been fantastic this season. I think in terms of interceptions and tackles, he ranks towards the top of the league. Um, he's up, he's up there with the likes of Ndidi and people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, he's fantastic and he almost does everything right. Um, so to have him injured, it's it's disappointing. But you know, you're replacing him with a guy who is the captain of the Egyptian national team. Okay, he's in his in his thirties. He's getting on a bit, but he's a he's a player that doesn't often. You know, he, he hasn't really let us down over the years. Um, so so it sh- should be all right. But yeah, I think that's the main injury, Matty Cash. Um, I think Courtney Hawes is out still, but he's our mm-hmm. I suppose he's our third choice centre half. So it's not a major issue. Um, Wesley, um, one of our, our centre forwards, who was our record signing last season, he's mm. still out injured. Um, long-term injury has been out since New Year's Day um, 2020. So that's that's long-term. Apart from that, should be fine everywhere else unless um, something happens over the, you know, the next 24 hours or so. It's been an unbelievable season for all the teams for injuries. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, we always used to say like, oh, you know, these big, you know, these teams with money, and and how, how can they not have enough players to cover and the screaming because they've got all these injuries? I mean, at the start, we had as many out as we, you know, we could have put a full team out with, with our injuries, but it's not. It's every single club, and I think that's a lot to do with the fact that it is this season. There's so many games, and there was so little time between the seasons. That you know, players are suffering a lot more. I mean, we've got at the back, we've got Fafana out. Um, you know, we, we, there's um, just James Justin is out. It it could be a very high scoring game with the defenses we've got. 
Yeah, I think with Leicester, I was speaking to someone about it earlier. I said, you know, in terms of injuries this season, if you think of a Leicester City player, then they've probably been injured, to be fair. Um, yeah. You know, everyone has, has been injured for Leicester this season, which I suppose credit to Leicester for being third in the league. Um, I, I referred to it as joint second earlier because when Man United, <laughs> were, when Man United were second earlier in the season, they weren't second, they were joint top. So Leicester are joint second at the moment. I like you. I like you. Somebody's <laughs> <laughs> um, just put here um, rumours on Twitter saying Grealish is injured. I haven't seen those. Yeah, I've read them. I don't. I don't know if it's. I think what it's come from is what tends to happen is that um, I'm sure every club does it, but mm. Villa Twitter will post pictures of um, the the players training. Um, every you know every, every couple of days obviously just before games as well and what people have done is looked at the training photos and seen that Jack Grealish isn't there um, which obviously raises alarm bells because you know he's our captain he's our you know he's our best player all that kind of stuff yeah. epitomizes the club but at the same time I think there was you know the likes of Trezeguet and Will Garzi a couple of others weren't actually shown on the pictures and training so whether it is just pure speculation from that I don't know, but that's what I think it is. If he is injured, then, you know, it's despite us being better this season, without Jack Grealish, it changes things massively because not only is, our, is he our best player, but I think he's arguably, at the moment, one of the one of the, the top five, maybe top three players in the, in the league at the moment. So yeah. it obviously yeah. would be massive for us. I mean, we... We like to, to pull Jack Grealish to bits. Of course, we do. We're, we're opposition fans, you know. He's a, you know, we, we always care. You know, he's Tom Daly's twin. He goes down that easily. But uh, him and Madison, I mean, you know, taking that rivalry aside, you know, hats off. You've got to admire him as a player. And I'm not saying single-handedly kept you up, but he is an amazing player. And there's a lot of rivalry. Between him and Madison, I believe the good friends are off the pitch yeah. as well. Yeah. But you know that they're going for the same position with England, so that could be really interesting. Yeah, possibly. I think it's, it's one of them that this kind of has been thrown around for a while now, isn't it? It's mm. it was Grealish or Madison, Grealish or Madison. Um, now it kind of it's it's, it's Grealish, Madison, Mount, and mm. Foden as well. People looking at like that. I think. I think that I'm a big fan of James Madison. I think he's a good player. Um, he's you know he's always been a good player. He was at Coventry, so seen bits of him, Aberdeen, stuff like that. Good player. Was really good at uh, just before we went to Leicester when he played for Norwich. We were in a championship yeah. at the time, so we saw him firsthand. I think it. I think they're different players though. Uh, Madison and Grealish, both top players though. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're they're good friends. So you know, it'd be nice to see that kind of you know that rival that friendly rivalry on the pitch. Yeah. I was just looking before at, at the form table, how it's been going recently. I mean, we're actually sat in sixth in the form table. Um, Brighton and Leeds are actually above us, which is a little bit worrying. You're down there in, in tenth, but you've had um, you've not had such a such a bad run. I mean, bringing it up here, I mean, you, you struggled against Brighton, but you came away with a point. But as as I think it was Lawrence Lawrence says on the BBC last season, that's a game you would have lost. Um, possibly, yeah. You, you, I think you're probably right. I think certainly when you you look at it in, I suppose you look at it in isolation. Emmy Martinez, obviously, we signed him in the summer. Mm. He's a top top goalkeeper, and he, you know, he made some some great saves against Brighton defensively as well. We've got one of the best. I think uh, at one point we we had the second best defense in the league. 
behind Man City, possibly, I think it was. So, obviously, defensively, we've improved. So, I think those things, the key area in terms of your back five, so to speak, is much stronger now than it was last season. So, I suppose coming up against Brighton, um, you know, especially away as well, you kind of think, well, maybe, you know, maybe because we're a bit stronger, maybe last season we might have lost that. Uh, we, were, we were poor. It's probably the worst that, that, that Villa, yeah. Villa fans have seen us play for a... Uh, a long, long time. Certainly this season, we were poor. Um, so it wasn't great. It was a point gained, I think, at the end of the day. Um, you know, I think if we, none of, you know, I don't think anyone would have been surprised if we ended up losing that game one or two nil. So it's a, it's a point gained. Um, obviously, in the last the last five or six, there's the West Ham defeat, um, which that, that was a poor performance as well, to be honest. We, we showed glimpses here and there. That was poor. And then there was the Burnley game, which was, uh, 3-2 defeat that was frustrating because the, the first half against Burnley was probably certainly this year was was, was some of the best football that we've played uh, we had a great yeah. first half went in 1-0 up could have been 2 or 3 um, second half starts before you know it, it's one all. Um then you know within 10 minutes we're 2-1 up and then we end up losing the game 3-2 and it's Frustrating that 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 performance was possibly one that that you could have seen us do fairly often last season that mm. hasn't been too common this year. But like I said, it, I think we've, we've had a bit of an indifferent January. There, there was the COVID outbreak. We had um, fourteen players and staff members uh, diagnosed with COVID nineteen. So obviously that makes a a, a difference. Um, so yeah, yeah. And um, somebody was, uh, sorry, just put in upon there, uh, Martinez out due to wrist injury. Again, um, seems to know more than we do about... Uh, yeah, about I'd, yeah, news to me whether that's whether that's true or not, I don't know. But um, again, I mean, that would be a massive blow. Um, yeah. But I suppose, you know, if it does happen, our second-choice goalkeeper is uh, Tom Heaton, who's... Um, not bad himself. You know, isn't yeah, it? exactly. He's, he's a good goalkeeper. I think he could yeah. realistically could... Get himself um, within the, the you know the yeah. you know ten teams in the Premier League is you know yeah. he's a good goalkeeper so so yeah. I think the thing that sticks out for me is there is you only managed to put one past Southampton. I mean, come on, if you if you don't put nine past Southampton, you failed, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, um, it was. A, I mean, to be fair, that was a game that that we probably. Um, yeah. We we got lucky with there was a there was a, a couple of contentious VAR decisions yeah. that went in our favour. Um, so it was good to get a win. I think, in all fairness, <clears throat> there's been games where where we'd kind of it's been the opposite for us where we played well, but we'd ended up uh, ended up losing the game and having having VAR decisions go against us. So it was kind of that was certainly a a bit of a lucky win, but I'll, I'll take that one. I think along with VAR, consistency, it's not easy for me to say, consistency, once you get past Man City, who are on this amazing run at the moment, and their season didn't start brilliantly, but they are on that good run now, consistency yeah. seems to be hard for the other teams to sort of get get their head around. I mean, you know, we, we've... We're as likely to go to Man City and beat them as we are to go to Fulham and lose to them this yeah. season. It, it's really weird. And, you know, sometimes, I mean, you know, we played Liverpool for 75 minutes. We, they were all over us. And then they just they just fell to bits. But it is, nobody seems to be able to say, apart from Man City, nobody seems to be putting a string of runs together. Yeah, it's an odd one. I think, um, you know, is it, 
is is the big thing because of the you know the, the fans not being allowed in grounds. Yeah, there's there's possibly that. Um, I think you know up until over however many weeks ago it was, Liverpool had gone sixty one games or yeah. whatever unbeaten at Anfield, and then they lost three on the bounce. Yeah, um, is that because they're in a bit of a rut, or is that because of the fans? Um, probably a bit of both to be fair, but yeah, it's certainly been a been an interesting season. Like you say, you know, we we went we 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 beat Liverpool seven two. It was a game that I I know. Just, well, well I don't know where that came from. I was like respect, and even though it was Villa, I'm like respect to you guys, you know. Well, I think the thing is, uh, I mean, most Villa fans probably agree. We were we were four one up at one point, and most of us mm. were thinking we could still throw this away. We, we might still end up losing this 5-4. And then eventually yeah. when, you know, the final whistle went, we could finally relax and think, wow, what the hell have we done here? Yeah. Uh, but there's, there's, been, there's been a few of those results around that, um, you know, it just happens. Like like you say, you, you could go and get a result against Man City. You could go to, to Fulham and, and, and lose. Mm. It's uh, it's an odd season, but I suppose it makes it more exciting, doesn't it? You, you don't really want to yeah. see, uh, you know, team, you know team, all the teams at the top beating everyone below them, left, right and centre, which has happened in the past. But, We'll Ends up like Scotland, then, doesn't it? You know, exactly. But, uh, exactly. Yeah. I want to just talk very quickly about two players. Um, one of them, uh, you because you did the uh, answer the questions for us on the written version of the show, uh, yeah. Opposition View, which is available on uh, the website lessuntilidie.com. Um, this guy that popped up in the 91st minute, Ross Barkley. Yep. yep. Not overly happy with him but he's a signing and it was one of the players I wouldn't have minded if we'd got him in the summer to be honest with you but he's come to you with probably I don't know you you, you tell me is he as good as his reputation would have suggested I mean it, techni technically I don't think anyone can really deny that technically he's a very very good footballer he's got a lot of talent always been able to see that at, at Everton at Chelsea even for England as well there's a there's something there whether it's you know I, I don't necessarily bad attitude but I think attitude is part of it in terms of the attitude and his application in terms of work rate I think Everton fans and Chelsea fans both both kind of said when we signed him you'll see flashes of brilliance as I mean we saw against Liverpool saw against you guys yeah. as well but also you know there'll be times when he's kind of anonymous and drifts in and out of games and we've seen that and. Unfortunately, we've seen that quite a bit recently, and 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 obviously he's a number ten uh, mainly. So, you know, these days we're playing with a number ten. You you need them to to come back without the ball and and help out your your, your centre midfielders. Yeah. And 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 we we've really missed that recently because he hasn't come back. And it's that it's that kind of that work rate and desire in the in the middle of the park that we've missed from him that seems to have caused us a few problems because we've been too easy to play through and. Yeah. Um, even Doug. Um, so, it's, so it's so it's it, there's that frustration, but at the same time, there is that quality. So I suppose it kind of goes to uh, it's almost like having a luxury player. Uh, you know, people yeah. have said in the past about Jack Grealish being a luxury luxury player. Jack Grealish works hard, one of the hardest workers on a team. He gets up and down. He's involved in everything. Ross Barkley could be seen as a luxury player because there are flaws to his game, which we're seeing more of now. But then at the same time, he's got that quality where he could pop up with, he did it against Southampton a few weeks back. He popped up with the winner in that game, popped up the winner against Leicester. So there is that potential there. I think it's going to come down. I think I can just see that, you know, within a few years time, where it, wherever he may end up, that you'll look at it and you think, you know, Ross Bark, what, what a good player he could have been. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we've seen glimpses and I just think sometimes it comes down to that attitude in terms of his application on the pitch. But also as well, I think just the, 
I think now to be a top, top player, it, it, it's a lot more mental as well as obviously having the skill set and the physicality and stuff like that. I think players need to know, you know, when to when to do flicks and tricks and when to hold yeah. on to the ball and when to things like that. So I think he lacks that slightly, but he's still a quality player, but it's that massive frustration that, that I think has, has been of detriment to our midfield so far this season. And a player that we um were well our, our fans were screaming for us to go out and buy in the summer. And I, you got him, but obviously the Dean Smith um, link helped with that. Ollie Watkins, yep. good signing for you by the look of it. Fantastic. Um, I don't think um, any Villa fan will argue um, that he's been, you know, possibly one of our best strikers of the last, you know, five ten years. He's af- he's, a, he's got ten league goals this season, twelve overall. He's the first Villa player, um, first Villa striker to have got double figures since Gabriel Bonlahor in the 09-10 season. So, you know, 10 years ago. Um, what What's good about him is that he, I think I said when I, when I, when I provided the, the written answers for the website, mm. he's become almost as kind of vital as, as, um, as Jack Grealish because a lot of our good player this season and the reason why we, we've gone from being neatly relegated to you know touching distance of the the top six is yeah. because Ollie Watkins sets you know he, he kind of sets us up perfectly and he, he, it's that going back to you know defending from the front he defends from the front so well because he presses presses the the back three back four back five so much um and it doesn't give him chance to chance to have that time on the ball and and obviously, he's you know he's finishing his goal scoring has is, is, is just been fantastic. So as a sign in, he's been brilliant, and you know he's certainly been one of the best strikers that, that we've had of recent times. Obviously, we've been in the yeah. championship and stuff like that. But he does everything we need to. Yeah, I think uh, I think he was one we missed out on. Not that I don't think, as I say, with the um, Dean Smith link, I don't think we would have got him anyway. But he was certainly one that uh, we, we we need a replacement for an aging Vardy, and he was one that everybody was saying we we we, we should have gone for, but. Whether we would have got him is another matter. If, Just you, so- if, if you think of Vardy, you think, mm. you know, there's been a number of times, obviously you would have seen more than me, when mm. balls have, have been, you know, long balls have gone forward and, you know, Vardy's kind of made something out of nothing. The ball's gone down the channel and it's going nowhere. It might even be going out of play and Vardy's got there and he's used yeah. his pace to get there and he's brought others into the game. Ollie Watkins is, is very similar to that. He's, he's done that so many times. Um, I think last week against Brighton, obviously nothing came of it, but it was a long ball that went forward and one of their defenders was just kind of shepherding out of play and uh, Watkins got there and he got a toe on the end of the ball and he managed to knock it off the defender and win a corner and it's just literally something out of nothing and sometimes, you know, that that, that can be massive. Yeah. I'm going to kind of end now before we have a look at a score prediction and I know you're tight for time, so I'll keep it very brief, but I, I've, I've, this is, for me personally, one of the... Moments of football over the years, when you look at it and you go, did I just see what I saw? Now, I'm, I'm putting this in the same bracket, and you, you probably won't remember this, but when Leicester played Nottingham Forest, it was in a cup game, and one of our players collapsed at half-time, and um, Forest were 1-0 up at the time. We They canceled, very kindly cancelled the game, and uh, we had to, went to a replay, and we let them score from the kickoff. So it was one of those. Now, I guess you can probably guess where what I'm alluding to here, but that match against Leeds when you were in the uh, championship. Yeah. Were, were, were you there? 
No, no, I remember watching it though. Um, I didn't go to Ellen Road. I remember watching it on TV. Um, mm. Yeah, it was an odd one because you know you don't often often see that. Um, yeah. You know, in you know you're very unlikely to you know it doesn't happen often where you see it where it's your team that's involved. Um, yeah. So yeah, it was cer- certainly an odd one um, that that Leeds and Villa fans love to argue about it on social media, but you know what happened happened and you know we got got a point in the end which was um, which was nice yeah yeah it will always be remembered as, as as a great moment and i think um justice was done to be honest with you um if villa stefan asks here if villa was going to be super with the games coming up do you think next year we will play better than this year Mm, not quite sure what he's getting out there, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure either. No, not sure what you mean there, Stefan. Sorry, but uh, I think I think basically looking at Villa, I mean, you know, it's all about progression. Um, you know, you, you stayed up, and then it's on about consolidating this year, and then next year, if you carry on this and you've got a great manager, there's no reason why you're not going to be challenging for a Europa League place next season. Yeah, I think Jack Grealish said it himself. He, he said, obviously, we're doing quite well this season, but mm. he expected us to maybe be around 10th or 12th, and we could well finish yeah. there. You know, we, yeah. we could we could still finish below that, but obviously we're doing quite well at the moment, so it's nice, nice surprise. I think that probably was the plan. We stayed up, then you look at, as you mm. say, consolidation, then you look at to go on. We did that in a championship, in all fairness. There was Dean Smith came in, uh, and you thought, okay, well, Dean Smith consolidate us in the league, give something to build on and then look at promotion next year. And Dean Smith came yeah. in. We we went on that unbelievable 10 game winning run, um, you know, take us into, into the, the last stages of the season. We were, we were in the playoffs when, when we were, I think we were in February, uh, we, mm. we were 13th in the league and we were miles off the playoffs and we got into it and it was kind of ahead of schedule. So I think that's possibly why last season, that what happened was because last season we bought so many new players yeah. To to kind of cover players that, that we released on free because their contracts ended. We were ahead of schedule and it's it's the same this season. We we, we could potentially be ahead of it, but at least we've got that maybe no no added pressure because yeah. as you as you say, consolidation is the kind of that that's gonna be the goal. Yeah. Quick score prediction from you. We do a thing on the on the website again where we get ex players and myself predict scores. Um, Steve Walsh and Ian Marshall have both gone two one to us. I've gone two nil. I feel confident. We, we owe you revenge. That's what it is. Steve <laughs> Linex being a Brummy himself, or, although he, he he did play for your great rivals Birmingham, but um, having, having the Brummy accent, he, I think he's sat on the fence there, gone one all. Um, we've got to get revenge on you. I'm sorry. It's about time. We owe you this one now. But what, what are you going to go for? Um, I said earlier, I think it's going to be still a, a tight game as it was last time. So I could see it going, um, you know, 1-0 either way. Um, but I'm going to have to go with 1-0 to Villa. And, uh, and I would expect nothing less of you, sir. <laughs> uh, thanks very much for coming on. Um, no problem. Appreciate that. Give your um, social media a quick shout out. Where can people find you? Um, so I'm at Chris Ellis 250 on uh, Twitter. Um, also at Chris Ellis 250 on Instagram, but that's mainly kind of um, my, my personal yeah. stuff. But people can get in touch with me on that. Um, I did, uh, I still do, I suppose, run the, the Villa Together uh, podcast. Um, which are at Villa Together on Twitter and Instagram, but 
um, we've kind of stopped stopped podcasting, etc. Um, from yeah. that channel at, at the moment. Whether we come back or not, I'm not sure. Um, I've also been, uh, I've also joined um, the Rivalry Aside podcast. Um, so if you search them on Twitter and YouTube and Instagram, they're on TikTok as well. Um, yeah. Rival, Rivalry Aside TV. They do a lot of stuff uh, for different clubs. Um, just a kind of platform to to look at. Um, yeah debates on, on different clubs and also get other fans perspective on things and not just the same fans so so I'll, i'm doing stuff with uh, rivalry side tv at the moment which is uh, quite exciting good well hopefully mate your villa um will, podcast will come back uh, villa together we hope that will work out for you but understand the reasons i'd say good luck for sunday but i won't mean it <laughs> but after no, that same after that, have a good season, mate. I don't think you're going to go down. I think there's three teams that we all know who are going to be going down this season. But yeah. thanks for coming on. And like I say, after Sunday, good luck, mate. Nice one, Chris. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Stay it. safe, mate. You too. Nice one. Cheers. Bye-bye. Well, thanks very much to Chris there. Um, one Chris to another. He's, like I say, he's, got, he's got to be fine with a name like that, hasn't he? Um Two, five past two kickoff. It's been brought back five minutes. I saw this big splash come up on on, on the news. Leicester game put back. And I'm thinking like again, but apparently it's five minutes for broadcasting reasons. I think that's because they're going to need sort of sixty minutes to talk about um, <laughs> other teams. Should we just say that other teams? Um, who else is playing? Oh, Tottenham are playing. Man City are playing. Arsenal are playing. Man United are playing. Maybe that's why they want to put us back five minutes so they can give us five minutes chat before we kick off. Did I say that out loud? Sunday we'll be back. I'm off tomorrow. Sunday we'll be back. 1.15 with the pre-match show. So look forward to that. And then uh, the match kicks off, like I say, five past two on Sky. If you have that platform, lcfc.com, you can listen to it totally free of charge even if you're not in Leicestershire. And then 4.30 with a post-match show with Brad and, of course, ex-Fox Julian Watts. Guys, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks to Chris again. It's going to be revenge. It's got to be, uh, even though Stefan here says they're for Leicester nil. We'll see, Stefan. Come on the post-match show afterwards and see if you get that right. And if you were right, guess what? I'm not putting it up. <laughs> whether you're a Villa fan, whether you're a Leicester fan, stay safe, enjoy the game, and I will see you, like I say, about quarter past one pre-match on Sunday. Take care, stay safe, everybody, and goodbye till then. Leicester Till I Die podcast on the Apple iTunes, Spotify, Google, Anchor, and all podcast platforms. Thanks for watching Lester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time.
Social Podcast Network. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? A participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.